driving while awesome podcast radio hour. <laughs> oh my god. Yo. Do you guys know what a fluffer is? GTO. Mellow grinds. Oh, I got a PT Cruiser. It's a convertible. It's really cool. All oh, the smells of crayons for you. <laughs> hey, YOLO. You only have one life. Do you have coilovers? No. Beat it. Yeah, I'd say that's a pretty good podcast right there. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, I screwed it up. <laughs> Welcome to Driving While Awesome. My name is Warren. My name is Lane. And I'm Brian. We are missing Art. Art is missing. Well, we know where he is, but he's not here. I wouldn't say we're missing him, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> He'll join us next time or next episode or something. He's just kidding, it. Art. He's occupied. Occupado. We've just been, by the way, having to delete all of his answers. Yeah. Because he's gone through every single question for the Thursday edition, written in an answer on Instagram. Why would he do that? He knows it's against the rules. Yeah, like, I don't understand why he thinks just because he's not here he can write. Just because he's on the podcast, it's okay. And now my thumb's all sore from deleting him. Jeez. Well, we don't have to deal with that anymore. Um, how are you guys doing? I'm doing great. Hanging in there. We are at our new podcast studio at the old Wrigley Building in Santa Cruz, which is pretty cool. It's pretty uh, we're still sweet. kind of getting used to the space, so we sound different. You can heckle us and tell us why. Yeah, it'll still, nervous. it'll still be a little echoey. We don't have all of our uh, stuff in here yet, but filling it out. Uh, Brian, you say you're nervous. We're nervous. I'm not nervous. I don't know. I'm just joking around, man. Oh, okay. I'm a little I'm scared. Really it took me a while to say my name. It did. <laughs> still figuring it all out. Yeah. I don't know my name when I'm here. That's true. Is your name even Lane? That's it's a new question. place. You have to remember your stage name that you made up. You're not. Uh, yeah. People don't know that your rusty, birth name is not. Yeah, rusty. Rusty Shaggington or something. <laughs> uh, All right. We're going to answer questions, right? Let's One. do it. Let's get into it. I'm down. I mean, we could just ask Art what to say, but that would be lame. Yeti Overland says, with moving into the old Wrigley building, you quickly notice you have a weird lease clause. You find out that each of you have a, have to represent a different Wrigley gum livery on your project cars. <laughs> Wish you choose. <laughs> also, also hard mode. Lane can't be big red. Oh, that's fucked up, Just dude. You. I can. <laughs> but my car remember. is like made for bit. Like he knew that was the answer. Yeah, you're out. I can I just say that I love these situations that people create. It's like it's like a plot of choose your own adventure or something. <laughs> mm -hmm. And people are just coming up with this stuff. Yep. That's Man, like, the big red thing is killing me. Can Yeti? we just rifle off some? Well, what? like what is it? Spearmint, Spearmint double mint, juicy, juicy fruit. fruit. Big red. Big red, yeah. Is that it? What's the tiny one? Hmm? It's similar to tiny the, red. Big red? Big red. Tiny but just, red. Because big red you could also get in the regular form factor. Wait, what? What do you mean? Tiny. A stick of gum. You could get a big red, a stick of gum, or there's the tiny, you know, the tiny red gums that are like similar taste. I don't know what you're talking about. Warren, do you feel me? Yes. Wait. Well, it came in like a weird little 
or comes in. I mean, I'm sure it's still available. Yeah. It's like a weird little carton almost rather than a. That's not big red though. Dude, it's the same. No, it's, it's a. Well, yeah, it's cinnamon, but that's not big red. Is always. I, a I'm stick. saying I can't remember. Help me out. I don't. You, know. I know what you're talking trident, about. You're talking right? about. It's like trident? it is like a trident, but you're talking about the ones that are like little. Yes. Um, red, like like an inch by an eighth inch yes. by an eighth inch yes. or something like that little or tabs. whatever. Yeah. Trident. I think it is trident. Yeah, they come in a little box, more or less. Yeah. That you open has a <laughs> flap. Is that Wrigley? I don't know. No. I don't think so. Anyways, uh, Art's very upset that we deleted his answers, by the way. He was expecting us to read them as if he was here. <laughs> no. No. Yeti Overland Keep doing your bath time, Art. has a question about Wrigley gum livery. Now, uh, Brian, you have a, an E46 BMW as your project car. Yes. What uh, livery are you going with? I can't get juicy fruit out of my head. Yeah. I mean, that's great. So your car is going to be yellow? I don't like yellow. But Ugh. spearmint and pepper or whatever they are, Look those are so dope. boring, dude. Boring? I feel like they're boring. Mm. No? I feel, there's got to be some other gum out there, some other Wrigley gum that I'm not thinking of. Big red? Well, wait. What's the, what is the gum? that? So you, Lane, did some artwork. Yeah, double Wrigley gum. Double mint's my choice. Double mint's red. That was going to be my Green choice. Green and red. And it's two different with an arrow. And white. And yeah, with <laughs> arrows. With, arrows are the best on livery. Yeah, arrows are amazing. <laughs> and it would have um, yeah. two, it has two shades of green, like a lighter green and a darker There's green. a lot to work with. And red. And it has cool arrows. And you could even do, you could do a fun theme where splitting it side to side or front to back where half the car is some sort of flavor of double mint and the ha- half is the other. Mm-hmm. I like really... Inverse colors or whatever. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, the double mint's good. So Spearmint's the same logo, but it's slightly lighter yeah. green. Well, it's white. Uh, well, it's the... green as well. No, the package? Yeah. It's white. I'm looking at it right now. Hmm. Which one's white then? I think it has white in it. It's the top one. It's got green with white... In the That's a weird old one. Look at look at new. This is brand new on fucking Amazon. Dude, stop yelling at me, dude. <laughs> well, you're trying to fucking say I'm wrong. I'm looking at the goddamn thing they're selling. God, Warren is I know, he's more so than mad, ever before. Dude. I didn't know he was well, passionate about Imagine someone gum. telling you that you're wrong when you're looking at a picture of something. Well, okay, sale. I'm asking you which one is white then. It's like, stop yelling. Just settle Spearmint down. Spearmint has white in the logo. No, which one is actually white? There's a white None. wrapper. Winterfresh. Okay, Winterfresh. It's all blue. Mm. Yeah, but I think Lane might be With thinking white. Dude, there's classic. A, there's a white. There's a straight up white one. All there white used on the to outside. be right here, and it is spearmint. It's the old spearmint. That's what I would. That's what I would. We're go doing with. classic livery here. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. See. Yeah, but what year is that? I don't know. That's the one I remember, though. I don't know. Okay, my question. My, I'm looking uh, at it right now. One, it's for Lane? sale on eBay. This one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, spearmint. Then. I always say it's spearmint, but well, it's spearmint. Yeah, then what is this? This is the 40 pack from. I don't know, but that's lame looking. I know. Yeah, that's know. The new. That's I've the never new seen shit. that. That's the new stuff. It's you identical to Double Mint. They just gave up on their advertising. So, Double Mint, I was picturing that it had a red arrow, but it's Dude, not. It's just a darker green arrow. No, it's some used, red. The new, spear, the new Double Mint looks like crap, too. It has Wrigley's in red, though. 
look up the traditional stuff is way better because they didn't have the ability to do these like faded fades and yeah. stuff and yeah it looks so much better in like the solid colors so wrigley's pk chewing gum the original the old school stuff has wrigley's spearmint juicy fruit double mint and pk there was no big red they also make uh, that would be that would be kind of cool doing extra the PK. they just call it extra polar ice sugar-free Oh, how about this, you guys? Juicy Fruit used to have kind of a watermelon theme. Here's Juicy Fruit over the ages. Ah. So you could get so a green stripes. Juicy Fruit. But that's so that old lane. school. That doesn't work with your car, right? Oh, yeah. How's this? This is the old school Wrigley. That's way cooler. That's it. Double yeah. your pleasure. Yeah. All right. <coughs> so which, which, what are you picking, Warren, for your car? E30. Um, can I do juicy fruit, but not use so much yellow? How would you do it? Maybe use the blue from the lettering as the major, and then yellow. It wouldn't be juicy fruit. No, it wouldn't. It wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll go mm. spearmint. The white, or yeah, you're going to do your white. newfangled bullshit? No, no, I want the old one. Okay. Yeah. Then I'll just go. If double. we're allowed to do old, then I'm going to do that. I'll go double mint then. You're going to be, we're going to be double mint twins? Oh, yeah, you're double. Oh, that's perfect. <laughs> I mean, I I only have so, so many choices. What does choices. really mean? What what are the two mints? No, it's just really spear, minty. I think spear and winter mint. <laughs> what are the two mints? I think it just means it's extra like extra flavor. I don't think so. Hmm. I think they got two mint flavors in there. I don't think so, so. The old the old gum has only thirty five cents on there, and so you have to do the number is a big uh, thirty five. Oh it's in a yeah, circle. it's like a meatball. But don't you think that probably changed? I think there was probably a five cent one, the twenty five cent. Sure, yeah. Because thirty five cents seems changed. kind of a lot. Yeah, if it was all right, here's one that says one cent. Actually, yeah. there you go. Oh snap! Wow. So I can't. Someone I can't have Pepsi. a yellow nine forty four, dude. No, you can't. That's just nobody not. Nobody can have a yellow that's car. That's just not happening. Nobody in our group can have a yellow car. They we have to work ma- around they didn't it. They make a yellow 944 from the factory, did they? They made a light, light, like bamboo yellow. Mm. But not a true, like bright. 968s. Amola. They did make a Turbo S yeah. in, in 968. And, maybe, and a Club Sport yeah. in yellow. Yellow. But yeah, I think I'm going to go. I don't know. I'll go Spearmint or Double Mint. Those are my, if those are my only choices. Obviously, I go Big Red, but I'm not allowed. Maximus Mark 7R says, you guys live in a dreamy climate for car enthusiasts. Ever wish you could live one winter in a snowy climate to get your drift on? That was tongue in cheek. Real question. Currently have a G37 convertible, but not digging it and want to replace it with a 128i cab which is becoming difficult. Any suggestion on a 128i alternative for the same price point? So it sounds like it needs to be a convertible. Are they difficult to find, or what's difficult about the 128i cab? I don't know. It shouldn't be too hard to find. I want to replace it with the 128i cab, which is becoming difficult. Hmm. Maybe they are hard to find. I wouldn't think it would be. So he wants a convertible? Yeah. What about an M3 convertible? What's wrong with that? What kind? E46 or yeah. E90? E46. 46. Convertible. Pretty good, good car. car. Kind of yeah, old. Very good car. It is old. It's like, but he's talking, talking about 128s. Yeah, but that's way newer than, than the E30, E46. 
Yeah. And uh, he has a G37, which is a, a newer, newer car. Yeah. How about an E90? Um, how about just an E90 convertible? Like a... Like a... 335. But you do 328. 328. 328. Annual. Yeah. Um, what about a I, I, Lexus? I prefer having that. Lexus IS350 convertible. They made one. Really? Yeah. I doubt they... Did they make a, a manual? It was probably the hardest thing to find if they ever made it. He doesn't specify man, specify manual. Also, at all. don't you think a one series convertible looks frumpy and weird, and a three series looks way better, especially with yeah. the top up? They look Definitely. really weird. <clears throat> yeah, um, yeah. Just trying to think and they're and they're not worth much. You can get them for. I go with the, I go with three series. Yeah, I agree. And I but, think you're. But I and I would give a very heavy weight to doing a search on the E46 M3. Just find a perfect one. one right yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're comparing dollar for dollar like you might be able to get a pretty nice one yeah uh zarftology how do you guys feel about shit boxes showing up at radwood does it add character or bring down the other cars there shit boxes what shit boxes okay there are no, some shit boxes saying, that show up <laughs> yeah. well he's saying in theory yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um so i think i appreciate it because it's like spice of life, a little flavor. Everyone has different likes, interests. Some people go there just to see that kind of stuff. They're intrigued by it. I like a uh, diversity. I'm down with shit boxes. Yeah, yeah, I like diversity, and I think that's like kind of what you want. You want to see cars that are well driven, and there are shit boxes, and then you want cars that are perfect. We could probably talk at length about the difference between a good shit box and a bad shit box. Yeah, but it's also your, it's our opinion on that. Well, I don't know. There's some that go full shit box. Like, like just like ZR9, for example, where it's, it's something interesting just because it's so shitty. Mm-hmm. Then there are other cards where they're just like slightly neglected. It's just like, you know, a Geo Prism that's not a great example. And then it's just <sighs> tough a car. One. Tough one. Yeah, right? I know. It's like... What do you mean by shitbox? Like to me, shitbox means a real pile. Yeah, it's not just like a neglected car. Right, right. And then, and then it starts. It starts getting interesting. Like, see where they rust, sort of thing. Like, there's so many of those though, because I would call like any '80s or '90s Pontiac or whatever a shitbox, no matter what the condition. And people appreciate those, you know. Some people, it's their dream car. Yeah. Yeah. Teach their own, right, Warren? Hey, say la vie. When in Rome. As a crow flies. Oh. WB Goggins says, Goggins? Goggins? I don't know. How much cooler would my 85944 be with ITBs and side draft Webers? ITBs. How do we measure how much cooler? Huh. I don't, I don't know. At all. Is that even possible? <laughs> that Dude, fuck. Dude, Why? Yeah. Webers? No. I like it. Who even makes the... Uh, no one no one makes that just full custom to have Weber's so it's more difficult to deal yeah, with yeah I wouldn't want that I wouldn't you, you, you do some like custom can't you do ITBs on the on EFI section? yeah I don't understand the, the allure here am I missing something I think it's just looks cool and probably sound good but it's you know carbs have a special sound yeah yeah I don't know dude that's just doesn't sound great to me. Have you ever seen it? No. I've seen... I think I've seen a 924. 
with side drafts or, you know, ITBs and uh, Weber's, but that's like a shitty fuel. And you're like replacing a like problematic fuel injection system probably at that point. Yeah. You know? Where the 944 is a modern enough system that they're pretty good. Right. right. Reliable. Okay. Dookie Braids 1. Long-time listener, first-time caller. So you found yourself and your hypothetical Safari 911 stranded in the jungles of Honduras, far from civilization. You must survive. Which tool do you choose in a full survival situation? Hatchet or machete? Hashtag mellow chops, long wheelbase machete, short wheelbase hatchet. (laughs) Keep it up, guys. (laughs) Thanks, Dookie Braids. Um... And by the way, I don't think Dookie Braids has Dookie Braids, but that's cool. Uh, Honduras tool. Oh, um, machete. I mean, you're in Honduras. You need a machete, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's not a lot of hard work. I need, a, I need to get through and I need, yeah. yeah. Although great, great uh, young adult book is Hatchet. Uh, do you remember that book? Uh-uh. I remember that book. Kid was in a plane crash. Oh, I mean, like Alaska yeah. or something, uh, something like that, and he survives uh, yeah. along this lake. I remember and, and all basically he had, zero. About all he has as is a hatchet, and he starts fire with Doesn't it. Live in a tree or cool. something? It's like a cave. Is it? Yeah, I do I a like, long, long wheelbase machete. Long wheelbase machete. Yeah, me too. I'm with you. When and thanks Rome, for listening. Right? Yeah, one in Rome. Uh, Lincoln turns. Had a blast at Radwood Pacific Northwest last weekend. Thanks for bringing the awesome northward. What is a Radwood era or other DWA approved car you've never seen a clean example of? Like always seen super modified or just ratty versions, but the uber clean iteration has eluded your eyes. Man, that's a good question. So this last show we had a Mark one Volkswagen GTI that was beyond perfect. And that's a pretty rare one, but you, you see those. They're out there, and I think people yeah. covet them. They're a special car, right? So it almost has to be a car that people don't really care enough about right. to keep up. Right. And especially the perfect example, right? So one that comes to mind is an 85 Ford Escort GT, which was... <laughs> you uh, got those on the brain, man. I mean, I've always liked them, and <laughs> they've, uh, they're very rare. I, I don't know if I've seen a perfect one ever it always has either modifications or a sagging headliner or the wrong wheels and uh painted calipers or something like that like if it is there it's something is not quite perfect so i'll throw that in there as a a possible answer yeah that's a good pick like there was one in in, at tacoma last weekend and it was non-ford paint it was really nice first of all and it was a female owner who loved the thing and she was talking talking all about it <coughs> very passionate owner but it had non-original paint and like a dark burgundy-ish um non-factory non- color non-factory wheels painted brake calipers and uh aftermarket stereo that wasn't great for the period but she loved the thing yeah i've never seen a oh no i take that back i was what? gonna say mitsubishi mighty max Oh yeah, dude. The one in LA yeah. was beyond beyond. But it still wasn't perfect. Yeah. It had a couple issues. But someone had restored a Mighty Max to factory specs. Yeah. Paint, interior. How nuts is that? That's pretty nuts. I love like it. easy That's fifteen thousand cool. dollar paint job on a Mighty Max. Just a paint job? Easy. Wow. It was amazing. Yeah. Glass out. I'm having a hard time thinking of something. Like, I, I'm just trying to think of shitty cars. 
<laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, how about you know, Gen, Gen 1 minivan? Oh, that's a good one. I mean, since they were new, I haven't seen it. Does it like, sound fancier if I say Gen 1 or first gen? first gen? Gen 1 Mark 1? No need to make it fancy. Why not Mark 1? First Mark, first of its Mark. I feel like it... Mark 1, Mark 1. It has to be like European for the Mark 1. Why? Because all the cars are referred to as Mark 1s. But why is that? I think it's just... That's how they talk or something. <laughs> We're going to start a new thing. I feel uh, like, um, so my f- first thought is a uh, 240SX hmm. Nissan. Yeah. Just because they've been all ratted out. Yeah, they're all tattered, huh? Like having a stock one on stock wheels and have everything pure factory, which that seems like such a good car. Mm-hmm. I've said it before, but like on our rally, like... That that is an ideal car for a lot of these back roads that we I drive. I think that's like what the right weight. It's like a slower nine forty four. Eric, Eric Campagna is going to bring his right. I know. I'm pretty yeah. excited about that. Yeah, or he uh, was going to last time. Yeah, or just yeah, didn't quite work. Um, um, another one, uh, and you you guys can call bullshit on this, but um, like the the first generation of the enclosed, the non removable top forerunners. I feel like you see, you know, like the kind of round ones. Oh, yeah. There's been a few on Bring a Trailer. There has been. Okay, yeah. I mean, the pickup trucks, for sure, that's something that gets restored a lot. But I feel like I see see less of the 4Runner in great shape. And that is such a cool truck, completely stock. Like, I think even from the factory floor, they had kind of aggressive tires, like good all-terrain tires or something. In the the SR5 package or something. Yeah. And it's just like the right size, the right bubble flares. I I just, and they did still do graphics on those models and everything. Mm -hmm. And I think that's just a really cool one in cherry shape. Yeah. There's, there was one on BAT, like, I don't know, a year ago or something, a gold one. I think it was like eight months ago and it went for over 20 K crazy because i mean they definitely you see them as beaters every day all day and all the white ones a lot on the road the white ones like the paint flakes kind of like gm trucks from that era Uh where Mm -hmm. you see the gray primer underneath oh well that's another thing to bring up is like this is the age of clear coat peeling and so you know cars that aren't worth the repaint but you so you always see them with peeling clear coat Uh or whatever like failing paint i'd like all the Chevy trucks from like the late 80s, early 90s are all their hoods are peeling. 100%. They're, but that's not even clear coat. It's like paint. That's the full the paint, paint coming off. The light yeah, blue like ones. The primer. The light blue ones. The white ones. Yeah. So that was all the way up till like mid 2000s. Yeah. They're, you see a yeah. Savannah uh, van and they're flaking off the right. hood. And- Our friend uh, Jared, his dad had a light blue one and he got it. It was like warrantied or, you know, the paint was. So they like paid to have it painted. Oh wow! I don't remember that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about Dodge Neon ACR? Yeah, I've seen them. Perfect. Yeah. Uh. Uh-uh. Mm-hmm. They're always modified if they're if they've been restored. Uh, I guess. Yeah. I mean, they're modified, but they're really they're trashed. But really nice. Bigger brakes. Yeah, but too nice almost. Like beyond uh, what it should be. Very yeah. rare. Uh, okay, Will Barnes. Um, wants to know about Radwood, England. I think he's in England, right? He is Will Dot Barnes, right? Uh, Will Dot Barnes, yeah. Yeah, that guy's uh, in, it's coming in out. Uh, August 10th. 10th. Goodwood yeah. Motor Circuit. I'll yeah. see you there. Is, is, I hope he's coming. He is. 
Will yeah, Top Barnes. Looks like there's a little one. Um, let's see. Bobby Reed says, after going to Radwood, my daughter wants... Oh, by the way, we met Bobby Reed. Uh, wants an E30 when she turns 16. Would you set a 16-year-old loose in one? Seems like they have sturdy bumpers. What is? <laughs> wait, what kind of car? E30. Oh, nice. It's a great car. It's a good car, but... How long until we, she hits 16, though? It's she's like fif- already so old. She's 15. We cannot deny that any m- new car, even a chintzy Corolla, safer. is way safer than an E30. Yeah. Um, Dude, I think, I think a sweet spot is well, maybe too old, but the E46s are, like, way safer. Yeah, but I'm picturing um, little incidents where you're bumping into stuff a lot, and they have plasticky bumpers that are a little brittle, like E46. I think that's a bad car to buy for... You almost yeah, want, like, I mean, the, I, I'm not. I don't know, you think you're bumping into stuff all the time? Yeah, and I, I yes. don't understand. At 16, really? you're hitting shit all the time. But I don't. I mean, the E46 is pretty standard. I mean, any newer car is going to be like that. It's got though. that black trim along the bumper that crumbles if you touch it. I mean, it's just not a modern five mile an hour impact bumper. It doesn't take those hits as well. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think I it's think pretty. So. I mean, it is a five mile per hour bumper. But they don't hold up. That's why you hmm. see them all fucked up. I don't know. So, anyways, uh, sixteen-year-old, your sixteen-year-old daughter, you're gonna throw her in an E30. Dude, I, I just can. This is not the question at all, but I can't stop thinking that the best thing out there is just get a uh, diesel freaking golf. <laughs> yeah, diesel with a manual. Golf. Yeah, for fourteen grand. She thirty thousand so miles. She manual was, or auto. I mean, get the auto. There's no, plenty. she was with Bobby at Radwood and they were driving like her grandma's old Acura there or something mm-hmm. like that. And it's an automatic, but she wants a stick shift. Oh. That's her thing. Like she yeah, wants yeah. to drive a manual transmission car. Not only that, yeah. I mean, 14 grand is quite a lot of money compared to a yeah. driver E30. That's true. You're looking at five grand uh, for that in that ballpark. But you can get into a golf for nine-ish. Oh, mm-hmm. definitely, yeah. Yeah, I think I like where you're going, though, Brian, because we all started front-wheel drive um, as, like, our first fun cars. They're absolutely fun, and it's, like, a little safer. It is. And good on economy. I mean, you can mm-hmm. get a GTI, too, if yeah. you wanted, like, a 2009 GTI. And um, also better for, like, having a hatchback if you're moving stuff and throwing, I guess. And it depends how long she's going to have the car. The but. difference between a 2009 and a 1987, so huge. I mean, yeah, but it sounds like she likes the aesthetic of the the E30, so that's the yeah. that's the hard part to get around, right? I mean, cars have great car. It's it's like yeah. legendary, and cars car. have moved so much further forward as far as like safety features, yeah, that it's kind of hard to like. I guess when you start thinking about it, like logically putting your kids I know. in. If she's yeah. into like tinkering and having things not work all the time and uh, the hobby of it and going to Radwood and stuff, yeah. then I, I'm all for an E30. I think it's a great choice. Um, what about a uh, 242 Volvo? Yeah. Manual. That'd be cool. A little safer. <laughs> a little slower. Mm-hmm. Even Not even a turbo. Um, definitely losing a little bit though i mean I know. well like getting into the enthusiast also you got to sell thing. her on it if she's not feeling a, a volvo which is totally fair you know yeah. then that's one thing but uh bmw e30 is an awesome choice i was thinking like audi i wouldn't want to put her in audi any more than an e30 it seems even more hard to keep running and find parts and stuff yeah e30 would be great it's just the that safety thing i guess yeah exactly 
Although we drive them all the time and yeah. Yeah. But we, yeah, we have a lot of experience too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm just thinking of people who grew up in a generation before us that didn't have seatbelts and yeah. were driving even more dangerous cars. I mean, what was your, my first car was a 79 rabbit. I don't think it was 85 Mazda. It was a terrible fucking, yeah. it was a fine car. It went everywhere I needed it to, but it wasn't, and then I had a 914. I put on lighter doors from a, like without the door bar in it. Like, you know, like it is, it is a trip. Like what, what is the logic behind all this? Like, I mean, you know, I was talking to a buddy at work and he was recounting like driving a dart over 17 when there was no, uh, there's no center divider. Whoa. How old is this guy? Um, he's He's an older dude. Not that old. Um, but it's not just driving a dart over 17 with no center divider. It's like full low budge. Like you're a kid, you can, you're buying used tires and like yeah. the shit like doesn't run. Your brakes are right. terrible. Brakes are bad. Yep. Windshield wipers barely work. Right. Yeah. It's like all of these things. And like, how is that even possible? And I, I would do the commute in my Skylark. I did that a fair amount and it's, it's pretty gnarly being on the road today with that car and i think you'd have to there's got to be the argument that it was just different back then everybody was on the same it was a level playing field basically like all of the everybody gave a little bit more room because everybody had drum brakes and in the 80s it was and and when we were in i don't know they did dude i don't know either i don't don't think they did give more room right i think you just is it it, how about this difference i don't think that's in people's like that's not in people's conscious really. Why does it, it okay, so it feels more unsafe now just because you do have safer options and so you're clearly choosing the less safe option. Dude, you're also it's so much un, more unsafe because you're braking from 60 to 0 and 2 300 feet and there the car in front of you is able to do it in 105 feet. Like that right there makes that so and unsafe. the mass, like all the new cars are way heavier. And so no, not even the there. heaviness, it's just the safety, dude. The well, I mean, zones. I'm kinda I'm kinda saying it in terms of safety too. Like if you get in a in a uh crash up and all these other you're next to all these giant SUVs that weren't really a thing back then. Yeah, but the cars aren't necessarily like heavier than old cars, you know? It's just like it if any if anything, your car is going to kill you. It's not the other person's car, like stabbing you or something like that. It's the fact that your car doesn't have a padded dash. Your car doesn't have a collapsible steering wheel. Your car doesn't, you know, your motor is not going to tuck underneath you. It's going to go straight into your chest. You know, that's all that stuff. Your seats are old and your may seat, break. Yeah, exactly. You're, then they're bolted to a rusty floorboard. Right. Like, you're saying, and, it's not, you're saying it's not as good. <laughs> yeah. And you only have a lap belt on and you're in a bench seat and airbags everywhere. Yeah. And you have like window cranks, like metal window cranks sticking out and they're going to hit your leg and everything, you know, all this yeah. other stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're going to be speared by this, kill you. this thing in the center of the steering wheel. Big fat flip says was stuck doing jury duty all day today, but listening to your podcast, uh, your past episodes made the day go by faster. Jerky duty. Wait, that sounds can... awesome. <laughs> that does sound delicious. Tasty you jerky? can't, you can't just listen to podcasts during jury duty. I was going to say that. I was just a little miniature earbud. Yeah, yeah. dude. 
That's awesome. He's laughing during jury duty. Um, <coughs> so he thanks us for that. That said, what is the automotive equivalent of jury duty? As in what car does everybody need to own drive experience at some point in their lives, whether they are car enthusiasts or not, as their quote unquote civic duty to be better humans? Honda Civic, of course, right? Civic duty. <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, <laughs> I love that. Volkswagen Oh, none of us have owned one. No, this is drive experience. Oh, drive experience. Yeah. yeah. Um, the equivalent of jury duty. I feel like a, a car like a Volkswagen, underpowered car like that, an iconic underpowered manual transmission uh-huh. car is something that people should experience. Yeah, I agree. I think that should be on a automotive bucket list for sure. So is it just Volkswagen Beetle or is it or similar? I think it could be or, or similar. similar. But I think that would be the most uh, recognizable and relatable example, because a Citroen Du Chevaux, where it might offer a similar feel, is too obscure, too wacky. But that could fill the same Definitely. thing. And Mini then, Cooper? what's the American version of that? It's a good question, actually. Is there like a like a '50s like you know pickup truck or something with a manual, you know? They're pretty like they're no. pretty power, pretty gutless. Duty, like having to do this, I'm, I'm having a hard time connecting. What about like cars. a rear wheel drive Cadillac, uh, old old Cadillac? In other words, pre STS North Star Cadillac. Huh. Oh, like an eighties Caddy or older, like an American boat. But and why it could do also you be have to drive that? I don't know to kind of know That's where a- things were and what was acceptable as luxury and stuff. And now you you have a greater appreciation for even the most simple car. Yeah. I think, I think this is kind of as similar to that question we got last week where it's, you know, about the alpha top gear saying the alpha was the, the only, you know, a car you need to drive your yeah, real yeah, yeah. gearhead. And we said, we kind of all came to the conclusion that it's basically having a kind of just a crappy car is a must do. And I think that that's the, yeah, the real right. answer is, yeah, yeah, yeah. is experience, a, experiencing a car that's not perfect. And you're worried that shit's going to happen. Yeah. You, and just to get it down the road, you know, you have to know to get into second gear, you have to double clutch it cause it'll grind. And to get into third, you have to do this, like a bunch of movements with the shifter yeah. and the brakes are saucy at the pump them to stop, you know, all this kind of, I think it's all that stuff that that makes sense to me. And the, the Volkswagen Beetle is kind of like one of the, that's like what that car is in a nutshell. So I think it, it works well mm-hmm. for that answer. Yeah. But, uh, I think there is a, a lot of cars like that because I think there's a lot of people that they get right in, <clears throat> you know, they're given a brand new Honda Civic in high school. Let's say that's their first car. And then they graduate high school and they're given, or they get a, a brand new BMW or whatever it is. And, and then their they version, their version that. of a shit box is like, Oh yeah, I had a 98 Honda. Right. You know, and that. I, I know what it's like. That thing was such a piece of shit. And you're like, oh, what year was that? They're like, 98. And you're like, wait, what? No, that was a good car. Yeah. yeah. This podcast is sponsored by Haggerty. Haggerty runs a driver's club that includes a few really awesome things. So Haggerty Magazine, I think a lot of you out there have seen it and have been super impressed like I was. They have somehow collected all the top 
automotive journalists and come up with amazing content. Art, who, who is it? Like Aaron Robertson, he's a big deal, right? Yep. Larry Webster. Larry Webster. Webster. You have Mike Mustos in there. And Jay Leno. You have also, yeah, regulars like Wayne Carini are in there. Yeah, it's talking about automotive passion, collectability, all the data that uh, surrounds like what Haggerty does, which is super valuable. It's hard to, hard to get elsewhere. Um, so, you know, that's, that's just part of their driver's club. You sign up one, once, uh, one payment per year, uh, you get the magazine, six of those, you can sign up for the email newsletter. Uh, and then, you know, uh, like you might expect, they do, uh, these group deals. So you end up getting discounts on a lot of different stuff that would be relevant to someone owning a classic car. And $50 discount for a drive share, right? Right, right. Yeah, which is awesome. And then the cover of the Haggerty magazine we're looking around now, right now is so rad. It's our uh, our buddy Logan, who actually works for Haggerty, jumping his VW thing out in the desert. And it's a, a test they did with the VW thing, Subaru, Brat, and AMC Eagle, right? Yeah, so rad. So cool. So like right are, in our wheelhouse. These are right legit there. enthusiasts yeah. writing for this magazine. And I think working for this company, like I feel like I've seen their ads and they're advertising that, you know, all the people in the company really, really mm -hmm. love this stuff. Yeah, like uh, Logan, who's driving that thing, that's his car. And then besides that, he has like, he had a VW bus. I mean, he had a classic Mini Cooper. Yeah. He has all kinds of cool stuff. And oh, he just bought a uh, 87 Forerunner. Like a white with a with a white hard top, like or go. the mm -hmm. removable and top. So cool. By the way, all of those cars insurable on Haggerty, including that Volkswagen thing. Yeah. So you don't have to have a million dollar car. And that '87 Toyota 4Runner. Definitely. There you go. So check it out, Haggerty.com. Uh, Richard Chen, name an automotive hero, driver, business person, designer, whose story should be told more than it already is. I have two in mind. Really? Mm-hmm. Dude, that's a great question. That is a good question. And I, I wish yeah. I was prepared for that. Um, Luigi Canetti or Max Hoffman. So Luigi Canetti was the importer of all Ferraris into the U.S. And he worked really closely with the factory and, and his customers and developed cars with Ferrari that he thought people would buy. So California Spider. Um, a lot of the convertibles really, um, a bunch of other models that came out in the late fifties, early sixties and beyond. He was also a, a gentleman driver, but that story's told a lot, but I, I haven't seen a good representation of it. I would love to see something really cool. I see like, like a movie or something. Yeah. A movie cool. or I mean, like, I, a, I don't, I don't have a lot of info about it. I would love I to see more about like his early life and what, how he came to be in that position as being the only dude that had this awesome, yeah. Uh, dealership network and stuff. Uh, I don't know much like about Like how it. he formed that. Yeah. yeah. And I think there's some legendary uh, uh, endurance racing stories with him. And then Max Hoffman was BMW. Max and, Hoffman was BMW and yeah. he was credited with developing the 2002 in a lot of ways and uh, kind of propelling BMW to a, a known mark in the US. Who was the Porsche guy? That's a good question. There was... Was it... Was there just one dude like that for Porsche? I think there was. Was it Brumos? Might have been. Vasek Polek? Mm. I don't know. Might have been a small group or something. Yeah. But I think that's the way all those cars got over here though, right? It was always like a... It was always like... They had a guy on the ground that was... Yes. Like, I'm going to take these and... And I think what's interesting is it goes the other direction is that, hey, there's, I know, 20 people that will buy this model. It's the, you know, 2002 TII. What do you think? Let's do it. 
okay, let's let's make it happen. And then yeah. it's this legendary car that we all know and everything. But there's a there's a story there that makes it come together that I don't know. But you're right; those have been told. But I always feel like it's kind of no, boring. Those are great or, answers. Yeah, I, you or know, like not as. It's one of those things like there's always a one page article every year somewhere. Right, right, right. Like you see it all the time. Or like, there's like an anniversary that comes but, up and it's like the legend of Max Hoffman. But I you agree. Little, you get the same like two paragraphs. I agree. Like, like okay. a, a movie would be rad. Or I cool. bet there's a I bet there's a book. Like compared to Carol. Yeah. Oh, there's definitely a book. I'm right? sure there's books. But compared to like Carol Shelby, which is almost like a household name, right? Right, right. And, I think it would be cool like to with see a, something, you know, less of an impact on American culture, yeah, really, our I, culture. I could be, we could be way off, and there's probably like really well-made British BBC documentaries yeah. about these people. Maybe I just haven't seen it, but I have, that's a, I have one that I would wish would was never told again because I hear it every fucking ten minutes. Oh, I can't wait for this. <laughs> it's the whole Lamborghini and the tractors oh, and how right. he built the <laughs> cars to beat Ferrari because Ferrari is an asshole. Mm-hmm. I. Oh, it's so annoying. Well, you also like were ingrained in that culture for a minute. That's true. You were going to the dinners. I mean, <laughs> everywhere I went, it was like that story. I'm like, how many times do I have to hear this? The same thing. <laughs> I know. Come on, guys. Uh, the other answer is Gordon Murray, which he has a lot of press about him. The only problem is he's really dry and and uh, kind of a boring interview. So it would need to be very, I don't know, someone would have to, come up with a way to make it exciting because he's so impressive all his right but it's it's kind of nerdy stuff it's like eking out tenths of a second on a formula one car and how do you really portray that in a super interesting way i don't know it gets kind of nerdy pretty quick but he's fascinating because he's been kind of all through uh motorsports different angles winning Lamont and formula one championships yeah. all that um i mean i think there's it? a lot of guys like him that's the thing it's like bruce mclaren was like that's a crazy that's yeah. a really cool story it's a good story too briggs cunningham yeah uh why doesn't williams f1 just hire fucking gordon murray designs i don't think gordy wants to do that so he's probably over it maybe but it's what? gotten maybe it's gotten too crazy now yeah and and he's not he's not in up to that. date yeah. on the insane i just feel like he's I mean, what's the team that has, uh, isn't it Red Bull that has the aerodynamicist? Uh, who's the big? Or, huh? Or, uh, what's his name? I, I was reading a book about him a while ago. Yeah. But, you know, the best aerodynamicist, and they they obviously are, like, struggling right now. There's but, so many factors. You know, it's like. Yeah, it's not going to solve all the problems. Yeah. Uh, anyone come to mind for you, Brian? No, like. I, I, like Ignacy or whatever, the guy who did the Mini Cooper, the original Mini Cooper. But that's a pretty well-told story, I, I think. Mm. But I, I personally love the stuff where it's like little economy cars that become, you know, world beaters. Yeah. And, you know, the stuff that's like done for, I don't know, stuff like that, the suspension design, the rubber bumper suspension stuff. And then winning the Monte Carlo Rally. That's just awesome to me. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I had another name popped in, but popped right back out. But that very cool question. I mean, oh, yeah. I don't know. There's, I Because you think about some and then it's like, oh, well, they don't. They have plenty of press. Actually. Right. It's right, just right. Yeah. I'm trying about. to. I can't really think of one that, you know, I'm trying to think of something that like 
I would love to hear you more You can go to about, a dinner party and like talk about it and no one knows about it. I, like, I would yeah. love to hear more about uh, like the development of the, like Toyota in the 90s, like the development of the Land Cruiser and everything. And mm-hmm. the LS400 like, and stuff, the Lexus. Yeah, Lexus. Because like the Land Cruiser, they just went so far beyond like with the, the 80 series and everything. They like... The yeah. money they put into the engineering of those things was just like a whole different ball game. Well, that's than a, the Lexus is the real story. LS four hundred, yeah, would be really. That's why is story. that different than the Toyota Land? Because they spent way more. Well, money. they were trying to. <laughs> that break was like into oh, that was their foray. That was their whole thing, and to, it was all the same time period. Yeah, like yeah. that story of what the hell was going on with the bean counters. They in were that like, situation they were kind of like, fuck it, we're gonna make the best car in the world, and we're gonna take apart all these Mercedes and BMWs and make this car would, like way better. Watch that documentary real quick. Yeah. And I would love to see some uh, time given to covering like long term strategy of these automakers where like maybe Lexus was like, you know, we want to take over what the Europeans have right now. Um, so we're going to spend a shit ton of engineering resources for 10 years and just blow everybody away, build a way higher quality product, and then be able to leverage that reputation for uh, the following four decades. Yeah. And like, you know, I, you know, I'm spitballing here just because they did, you know, we're talking about them spending overspending on this re- engineering and it's like, you know, maybe that was their strategy. Or you or, could be the like, Cadillac you know, model and like make the best car in the world for like couple of years and then just and then, and then that the name. same thing and then just be like yeah we're just gonna take the like like five <laughs> right. decades off six whatever or or bmw like when they you know i don't know when uh they came out with the the uh, slogan phrase the ultimate driving machine but it's like what did that mean to them like strategy wise and you know it's like all of these, you know, slight changes, like you make bigger anti-roll bars, uh, and you know, just 20% bigger than the competition. And then, you know, this is our strategy. We're going to call ours. We're going to fit that niche. People want to drive fast, we think. And so we'll fill that. Yeah. And, but you, you never hear about like these product planners or the strategy guys in the back. SF Production Gabe says, I've gotten involved in forums related to some of the enthusiast cars I've owned, such as Miata.net, NASIOC, which is a WRX STI. NASIOC. Forum. Uh, what do you call it? It's like NASIOC or something. NASIOC, yeah, that's yeah. how it's spelled. North and America Subaru. No one cares. Uh, owners uh, R3V Limited. Looks like Rev Limited. Which enthusiast vehicle has the lamest, most immature <laughs> forum community, and which has the raddest, most informative? There's a, quite a few reactions to this question. Um, what do I people not, say? Because uh, yeah, Alex, Alex Dadel says, I was on an, an Isuzu Impulse forum, just as I guess back. <laughs> yeah. Yeti Overland says to Alex that the first step of recovery is admitting you have a problem. <laughs> Maximus Mark 7 r says, looking forward to this discussion. And then my femur hurts says, oh, you didn't mention it by name. I know a cesspool for you, which I assume he's talking about VW Vortex. I believe so, the car lounge or something. Yeah. I'm not the person to ask on this. So the... Uh, <laughs> VW seems like the worst that I had seen when I... Dude, it's all like... I remember... Because I would go on when I had my car. I was looking for springs and shock combo. Right. And it's just everyone going... All they write is more low. M-O-A-R low. It was so annoying, dude. Like, how you know, a lot of the stuff on there. God, I just hate forums. <clears throat> I really can't I stand mean, them. I mean, they are pretty informative in a lot of, yes. in a lot I of cases. I find a good so. string on a, on a 
issue you're coming across like yeah. maintenance wise or or some weird thing that's going on with so your car. so much fluff but though. The fluff is I like impossible. I have a really hard time with right, it. And then you see the people have like 15,000 posts. Like, yeah, yeah. That's their whole goal is to be a top poster. Right. So that's like you're kind of like there's something off, right? I'm out. I I think there's something off if you're trying to do. My that. favorite is the ham. Oh yeah, I haven't looked at that in years. Yes, message board. Yeah, but they uh, the dude Ryan who started like did a great job of like keeping it focused and you know it was the same kind of vibe and you know it was the worst. Yeah, I was ever part of was luxury foreplay, (laughs) (laughs) and that's a sex site too, which is yeah. (laughs) It was catered towards high end exotic cars and like BMWs and Porsches. And basically the picture, like the main picture up top, you know, the whatever banner kind of said it was like a, I don't know what, what kind of car it was like a Veyron. And then it had like a watch, like a, like a 55 millimeter watch (laughs) and then like a jet and a, and a boat or something that kind of tells you everything about that site. (laughs) And it was just so much fluff and like um, showing off of wealth. It's got to be just nonstop. You know, it was a lot of just like, check out my new fucking stupid watch, whatever I got and uh, stuff like that. So that sounds pretty bad. Yeah. Um, Another one I was introduced to uh, Alan at Blaine Fab. Um, He was a part of Corner Carvers which was super uh, exclusive, it felt like. Like, you couldn't just look at it. You had to apply, and and then they were quick to kick people out, I think. But um, the quality was really high. Like, you would go through some of these build threads, and it's, like, basically just builders that were part of it. Um, and so maybe that's the thing. Really like good answers. Like maybe pay a subscription to be on one, like ten bucks annual. Right. Yeah. And it'll keep a lot of the riff out. Right. People that want to just write more low. Yeah. So I don't know. Uh, PFM California, as your knowledge and experience grows, oh, that's very questionable. Have you found your taste in cars migrating away from the norm towards the extremes of the automotive universe? Examples, if any. I don't think that's true for me. I think if anything, I'm getting more center with huh. what I like. I feel like I appreciate the the weird, obscure stuff even more. Like... Like that Citroen rally car, uh, just that is so intriguing to me. And I know that as a young 20s or teenager, I wouldn't have cared as much. Yeah. So I don't know if that's the kind of answer he's looking for. Uh-huh. It's all that obscure one-off Alpina roof stuff is even more fascinating to me. I've always liked it, but I, uh, I appreciate it even more as things get more uh, modified and and ruined that stuff is more yeah. intriguing yeah i don't i don't know if like i don't think i'm like ever uh, ever evolving like every year i'm mm-hmm. oh my god i'm learning all this stuff and i like different stuff but yeah. i definitely had that like that i had a turning point where at one point i wanted i i feel like i wanted a faster car and i i, I kind of was always like wanting that and when I sold, like when I sold my red 996, I was t- thinking about, I wanted to buy a 996 turbo and, you know, I wanted a faster car, like doing all that stuff. Oh, right. And then it's like, you kind of like, re- I like reset yep. my, that's, that's my learning. thinking. That's, that's growing, you know? Yeah. But that was 
10 years ago, right? Yeah. So, so you haven't done shit for 10 years. I haven't years, done shit. Fucking lazy <laughs> fucking piece of shit. Yeah. I definitely appreciate uh, some cars that I, that I wouldn't have appreciated you, at all. I think you've come around on luxury. I think as you've gotten older and wiser, <laughs> you now know... <laughs> That uh, luxury matters. Yeah, it seems like a fair comment. I don't think you would have ever been mentioning anything about a Lexus LS whatever back in high school or 10 years ago. No. Maybe not. Yeah. Like luxury to you is a 928. I mean, that's pretty fucking luxurious. Good call, Brian. That's pretty luxurious. But not compared to an LS. It's pretty pretty Why? luxurious. I think that no, might have no, no, actually no. compared to an LS, a, probably about the same. No, no, but that was probably the start it, of you're, it. You're looking at it from a quality of materials. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at it from a place to commute in or to right. to get down the road. It, it's yeah, totally I mean, one's different. a grand touring car and one's a sedan. So full luxury. It's totally sedan. different. One's yeah. a full luxury touring car too. So. Right, right. But I'm saying you're. With like a leather dash, and but it's going to be it's going to ride rougher. It's going to be louder. The driving position mm-hmm. is more aggressive. All those things. The brakes bite harder. The I would throttle is more responsive. So I would say the nine twenty eight got him. Oh, so like, so actually, oh, you know what's funny? I remember when I had the nine twenty eight when I first got it, maybe, and my dad got like a eighty three nine forty four with an LSD, a sport package, and stuff. I remember driving it and be like, "Dude, this thing's so slow. Like, I'll never buy a nine forty four. Like, why would why would I ever want? I remember I remember trying to. I've ever been like, why would I ever want a nine forty four when it's just like the shittier version of a nine twenty eight? <laughs> like, it's this front. Of, you know, it's like the crappier version. But yeah, right. Right. Um, Fucking half the cylinders. Yeah, half the cylinders, interior. like shittier build, mm-hmm. like everything shittier. Like, does, it, top have, does it have aluminum fenders, doors, and a hood? No. Yeah. Uh, but I think that's like my the biggest change I've had is just like faster is not better. And I think coming to that, like not wanting, almost like anti chasing that, like that faster, better car thing. And, and like, I would love a, a, a faster, you know, a fast fun car. But I think even then I would buy like the 997 GT three or something like that, like an older, right. You know, right, fast right, car. Right, it's not like chasing your, that new, yeah. new badass thing that comes out every month. Yeah. That seems like a good answer. But yes, I do like, um, some luxury in my life. Brian, have you changed? Well, I mean, I don't think the question was if we're getting into more weird stuff and I don't think I'm getting into more weird stuff. No, that wasn't the question. Yeah. Uh, isn't it? I, the, I, I, I didn't say weird. The or question anything. is, as your knowledge and experience grows, have you found your taste in cars migrating away from the norm towards the extremes of the automotive universe? So are you getting weirder? With your your automotive tastes, are you going for more obscure things? Yeah, I don't I don't think so. Did you always love Festivas? No. <laughs> well, I have a little soft spot. But I think it's completely in line with what I've always thought, which is I've I've always been like to me honestly like the car is almost meaningless <laughs> like. Like the actual car, like it's more about what can you do with it. Like, I, and I've thought that, I think from very early on, like I just wanted, you know, I wanted to try autocross in the very beginning. And it's like, you know, I bought an MR2 because I was hoping that would be a great one for that. And it's like just whatever vehicle, I, I didn't necessarily, you know, I thought they looked good on paper and everything, but I wasn't like lusting over an MR2 for any reason. It was just like, 
a literally a vehicle to get me into that event. Yeah. And I mean, it's, I felt kind of the same way. I think it's in line with that stuff. Like, yeah, I could see that. Yeah. But you will be drawn towards cars that can complete the activities you want to do or, you know, like I'm, al- I'm always impressed with like the minimum car needed to do something. So yeah. therefore Festiva with a, super with impressed no class. after yeah. that whole thing. Yeah. Like you throw a set of freaking you know, $60 UTV tires on this thing. And all of a sudden it's an animal that can take on anything in the desert. Like animal. that just hits me animal by the way. <laughs> Dude, it's straight up <laughs> clawing like an animal through these deep ass freaking sand washes. Uh-huh. So to me, that hits every like interested in cars bone in my body. Like, yes, like the minimum you need. You know, I just brought up the Mini Cooper for the same reason. Yeah. The original Mini. It's like you throw the little rubber suspension on there and you go win uh, the Monte Carlo Rally. And it's, well, like, it's like we were kind of talking about uh, doing running around with those little. Um, mini bikes the tiny like the most simple i think they were made by like uh cushman or whatever but the ones mm-hmm. with no tr- suspension travel yeah a little lawnmower engine I, yeah i'm blanking on the name but anyways and that's that's a lot of fun you can have a ton of fun right. with something like that right and it, it could literally be i mean one horsepower yeah uh motors and everyone's kind of just blasting around but the amount of fun you could have with that is is off the right. chart so that goes back to what Lane was talking about and not needing a Huracan Performante right. to have fun on back roads, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what about Kurt, you? I, mean, I guess you already answered, huh? Yeah. Kurt K. Photo has a question about the what we think about the new Corvette, but why don't we talk about that on Sunday edition? Yeah, that's a good idea. Okay. Art, we still love you, man, just because we deleted your comments. So he wanted us to read his comments as if he was I here. saw that. He it just isn't it. right. I mean, I, I, that may even work on the podcast. That might have worked, but it just feels, it feels wrong. Felt wrong. It's very difficult to make that flow yeah. correctly. Maybe. This is like a live action thing, right? Like, <laughs> it's literally yeah. we're alive. Yeah, but we still love art. Oh, Definitely, obvious. Okay, so much love. We'll see you next time. Bye. Big red. Oh, that's fucked up, dude.